0: According to his promise, we are looking for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you look for these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace, spotless and blameless, and grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our growth comes through the scriptures. We are in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 17 this morning. Proverbs 17, we've gotten through three verses in three classes, so let's uh, see what we can do today. Last week we looked at the refining pot is for silver, the furnace is for gold, but the Lord tests hearts, and uh, thank God for that. Before we get started, let's take a moment for silent prayer, ask our Father's faithfulness to open our eyes, to teach us, shall we pray? Most gracious Heavenly Father, Your Word does not return void as the rain is sent forth and it waters the earth, so too is your word. It goes forth. It accomplishes your good pleasure. And we think we call upon your faithfulness this morning to do just that. Father, even as this rain keeps coming down, Father, send your word forth and open our eyes. Feed us, teach us, equip us, Father. Humble us to receive the word implanted that's able to save our souls. I thank you, Father, in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. All right, so we have the better than proverb that we looked at in point one. Chapter 17 begins with a better than proverb, similar to some that we've seen back in chapter 15. Better is a dry morsel and quietness with it than a house full of feasting with strife. Of course, the impact of this centers on quietness. We want to have the right kind of quietness the uh, the tranquility that comes when we're walking by faith in the Word of God, not any kind of pseudo-quietness that comes that Satan can offer uh, where we start to crave complacency. No, no place for that. Also in point two, we moved on to look at uh, the contrast of a servant and a son. A servant who acts wisely will rule over a son who acts shamefully. And a son can actually be disinherited in human terms, of course. God never revokes our salvation, but in human terms a son could, could be disinherited uh, if, uh, if he acts the fool and a, and a slave could be freed and, and made the heir, adopted under Roman law. Uh, but even in Old Testament times a slave could be freed and made an heir to, uh, to the master's estate. And uh, there's principles there that we've seen uh, previously and we'll come back to them again in, in uh, later chapters. Uh, verse 3, the refining pot is for silver and, a, and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests hearts. And so we talk about God's testing processes. They are akin to smelting operations. And we don't like them because it hurts. Uh, but we need it. We absolutely need it when God is testing us, when the fire hits our life and we go through the, the fires of testing because that's what uh, consumes the impurities. That's what leaves behind the, the precious metal. That, uh, that is being forged. All right. Such testing is both personal and corporate. And the standard for evaluation is the internal heart motives, not the external deeds. You don't get credit for what you did when what you did had all the wrong motivations behind it. Uh, there's no credit for that whatsoever. It's all wood, hay, stubble, and the fire hits it, and it is consumed. It is burned. It is lost. It is gone. You suffer loss for all eternity when you do those such things with the wrong motivation. All right, well, this gets us then to uh, verse 4. An evildoer listens to wicked lips. A liar pays attention to a destructive tongue. The A part and the B part are both saying the same thing. Essentially, they are synonymous parallelism as we look at this. What a person says reflects what's in their heart. Likewise, what a person listens to so too with what a person listens to. I think the first part we've taught before, the first part we're very familiar with, what a person says reflects what's in their heart. And because it's out of the heart that come forth the, the terrible mental attitude sins and sins of the tongue and overt sins. And uh, we've taught that many times. We understand that. We, that was a, a, a big deal that we went through in the Life of Christ series, for example. And uh, so we'll remind ourselves of those verses. This proverb actually builds on that concept. So when you're looking at Proverbs 17.4 an evildoer listens to wicked lips, we could could think of that from the perspective of the wicked lips. And the, the wicked lips of course are saying horrible things and it's coming from a horrible heart. Same thing with the B part of the verse, a liar pays attention to a destructive tongue. And we've had Proverbs on that, on that concept as well and how destructive the tongue can be. The tongue is like a fire and uh, you can do terrible things with the tongue. That uh, the same tongue that can praise God is the same tongue that can curse. And uh, there's just terrible uh, damage that gets done with the sins of the tongue. Well, what is sad is a reflection of the heart. And so wicked things that are said is a reflection of a wicked heart. And that's, that's very known. That's very known. But this proverb actually is going beyond that to actually talk about the audience. Who's listening to those wicked tongues? Who's listening to those wicked lips and why? Why is it that they seem to have the audience that they have? Why is it that there are certain communicators that draw large crowds and... There are certain communicators that don't. Why is that? And what promotes that? And so this is what I want to deal with here today in point four plus the subpoints. I think, that go with this. So what a person says reflects what's in their heart. Let's start with that. And uh, Jesus, uh, I think, laid this out here very well in Matthew chapter 12, Matthew chapter 15. Take a look at both of these. Matthew twelve thirty four. What a person says reflects what's in their heart. Verse 33, either make the tree good and its fruit good or make the tree bad and its fruit bad for the tree is known by its fruit. And, and that's, there's a puzzle in that verse too. Why would you want to make a tree bad? You know, why do you want to poison a perfectly good tree? Um, you brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak what is good? And so this becomes the, the definition, a good tree produces good fruit, an evil uh, uh, heart is going to say evil things, how can an evil heart say anything good? Even if it appears good, it's, it's only an imitation, it's only a fraud, it's not true goodness. So how can you being evil speak what is good? For the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. The good man brings out of his good treasure what is good. The evil man brings out of his evil treasure what is evil. And so it's uh, spoken of as a treasury or spoken of as a thesaurus, if you will. Thes- thesaurus that's the Greek word for treasury. But the, the, uh, out of your treasury, your heart is your treasury. And for believers, obviously, that have a new heart created in Christ Jesus, a new heart constantly being cleansed and, and, and nourished by the Word of God, we're able to hide the Word of God in our heart, to deposit it there, to treasure it there, and that's where it dwells richly, that's where it springs forth, that's where it bears fruit. And so all of that is, is the, the training of the heart, see, as opposed to on the evil side, they have heart training as well accursed children trained in greed. And there's, there's a heart training for the wicked that just perverts the heart, which was already deceitful above all else and desperately wicked before the training. And now it's trained. So that, uh, that's not good. Anyway, which uh, it goes both directions here in wickedness and in goodness. And there's accountability too, by the way. I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they shall give an accounting for it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. So God looks upon the heart, the expression of the heart, in our words, and, uh, and every careless word is accountable. We will answer for it when, uh, when we stand before the Lord. That's, that's humbling. Over to Matthew 15. Over to chapter 15. And uh, more conflict he was already in conflict with the Pharisees back in chapter 12. In fact, chapter 12 forms the tipping point, whereby he stops talking about the gospel, about the kingdom being at hand. In chapter 12, everything changes when he starts to, uh, uh, when they start to accuse him of casting out demons by the power of Satan. I mean, the, the national rejection, the hinge is chapter 12. So clearly, by the time he gets to 15, he's on the way to the cross, and he's preparing his disciples for the cross. And so, um, more uh, insulting, in verse 12, let's let's back up a little bit more, even verse 10, because he's calling them hypocrites and there's other conflict that's happening here. The Pharisees want to know why the disciples don't go through all the cleansing procedures that the Pharisees had invented mosaic law had given cleansing procedures for levi for the levitical priesthood and for their tabernacle service Uh, the pharisees had created cleansing procedures for everybody and if you want to be really good and really holy you got to follow the the pharisee guide to total holiness and the uh and so they want to know how come the disciples of jesus weren't weren't going through the ceremonial cleansing and uh and that anyway Jesus called the crowd to Him in verse 10 and said to them, Hear and understand. It is not what enters into the mouth that defiles the man, but what proceeds out of the mouth that defiles the man. Because what a person says reflects what's in their heart. As as point four says on the the screen. So the disciples came and said to Him, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this statement? (laughs) And I think this is very instructional. Because you and I, we live in a culture of perpetual being offended, right? We live in a culture where everybody's offended about something and and everybody's going to sue about something. Everybody's going to force you to change your behavior based upon why they were offended at what you were saying or doing. Do you know that the Pharisees were offended? So what does he do? Does he apologize? Does he back down? Does he say, oh, I'm sorry? Does he adopt a more politically correct view to to get along with uh, perpetually offended? No, (laughs) not at all. He just drives on by teaching more truth. So he answered and said, every plant which my heavenly father did not plant shall be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind guides of the blind and the blind man guides a blind man. Both will fall into a pit. So just let them go. You know, and and that's, he continues to teach the truth. He stays about his father's business. To me, that's critical. And that's why I don't get all involved in trying to fix all these other things going on. I'm not called to do that. And uh, this guy wanted me to go and debate a, a post-tribulational guy. So I'm not called to do that. You know, is, is he mixed up in his theology? Yeah, I hope he gets straightened out someday. But, it, but that's not my mission. I'm not here to fix all the bad theology in the world. I'm here to feed this flock. So let them alone. Verse 15, Peter said to him, explain the parable to us. And so Jesus said, are you still lacking in understanding also? Do you not understand that everything that goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and then comes out? is eliminated. I mean, that's what happens. You eat, you digest, you... Yeah, all right. But the things that proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and those defile the man. The heart, where your mind is, where your thinking is, what's the center of your being? And pretty clear, if you're going to be biblical or unbiblical, if you're going to be worldly or heavenly. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murders adulteries fornications thefts false witness slanders now some of those do, you know you got middle attitude sins you got sins of the tongue you've got um you've got overt sins they're all listed there but where is the origin it comes from the heart these are the things which defile the man but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile the man uh, Le- the Levitical priesthood had a ceremonial cleansing that they needed for their ceremonial observances, that they needed for their, their ritual observances. Uh, nothing to do with an individual believer in daily life. Uh, ours is the issue of spiritual cleansing. We get that when we confess our sins in 1 John one nine. Uh, any other kind of ritual or any other kind of cleansing is not uh, mandated. Even in the Old Testament was never mandated for believers. All right. So uh, back to Proverbs 17, 4 then, we we get that, that's a given, that's well known, that what a person says reflects what's in their heart. Beyond that, so too, what what a person listens to, what a person listens to, reflects what's in their heart. And as it says here, an evildoer listens to wicked lips. Well, why are you doing that? Why are you listening to wicked lips? Because you're an evildoer, is what Proverbs 17.4 is saying here. Uh, a liar pays attention to a destructive tongue. Why are you doing that? Well, because you're a liar. And that's what resonates. That's what uh, is music to your ears, right? We have little expressions, you know. What is it that, that pleases you? What tickles your ear, as the New Testament says? What is it that you find... Um, Attractive, or you find uh nice the things to listen to, and probably the things for the for the wicked person, the things they just love listening to, or they ooh they, their ear perks up, and they 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 who turn down the music, I want to hear this, and they when they when they incline their heart to those kind of things, it tells you where their heart is because in most cases those are the kind of things we don 't want to hear at all. Those are the kind of things we're like, nope, excuse me i don't need to hear that that 's not for me or oh no that's I don't even want to think about that. Why would I want to listen to that? There, I mean, that's just vile. Why? Why? You know, and 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 they call it entertainment. The the lyrics to some of these songs today, the lyrics. I mean, seriously, what what's the what's the value in that? Even if I wasn't saved, I would think there's no redeeming content in that. What is that? You know, uh, and yet it makes millions every year, and these these uh, uh, hip hop guys are multimillionaires, and and they're just they're just demeaning women and they're just kind of, I mean, it's just a horrible, horrible way to live. So what a person listens to reflects their heart. Listening to wicked lips uh, because you're learning, you're training, you're supporting, you're reinforcing that, uh, that you're not the only one with such a, a perverted heart. It actually justifies you for thinking the way that you think because somebody else says the same stuff that, that you agree with. Uh, or you're actually learning from it. You're being trained from it. You're uh, developing new patterns of wickedness you hadn't thought of before. Say, yeah, I'd like to try that. And and so all of this feeds itself in these uh, wicked circles. A liar pays attention to destructive tongue because he thinks, ooh, that's juicy. Ooh, that's good. I haven't heard that. I want to spread that. And ooh, because that's what he does. He's a liar. He loves to say things that bring harm to other people. And so when he's listening to that, to that destructive tongue, he's, he's kind of gaining uh, arrows in his quiver. He's gaining ammunition that he can use for his own nefarious ministries. And so this becomes a concept. And, and we find that it, maybe it's not as well known as the speaking concept, but it is actually in a fair number of passages. So we can take a look at some of these. Isaiah 30 and verse 10. And I was surprised when I started to find... Um, uh, you know, parallel passages. I was starting to find cross-references that that um, support the idea. Isaiah 30 in verse 10. All right. This is, uh, well, the chapter begins with woe, so you know that's not good. And then uh, the oracle in verse 6 concerning the beasts of the Negev. Do you think those are zoological animals? Or do you think these are human beings acting like animals? Because, yeah, the beasts of the Negev. Anyway, um, Rahab, who has been exterminated in verse 7, that takes you into some deep realms of angelic conflict because Rahab is a title for Satan. That's not the Jericho harlot there. That's Satan, the dragon of Egypt. Now go, write on a tablet before them, verse 8, inscribe it on a scroll that it may serve in the time to come as a witness forever. When God puts it in writing, now you're doubly accountable because you're out of His will and He put it in writing, so it's on display. For this is a rebellious people, false sons, sons who refuse to listen to the instruction of the Lord. So when you don't want to listen to the Lord, when you don't want to listen to what God has to say, where are you going to turn? You're going to turn to what Satan has to say. You're going to turn to what the fallen world has to say. You're going to turn to anything but the Lord. There's a rebellious people, false sons, sons who refuse to listen to the instruction of the Lord, who say to the seers, you must not see visions, and to the prophets, you must not prophesy to us what is right. Telling the prophets of God Quit prophesying those things. We don't want to hear it. We don't want to, don't want to listen to it. Instead, speak to us pleasant words. <laughs> prophesy illusions. What a great translation. Prophesy illusions. This is, Proverbs, uh, I'm sorry, this is Isaiah 30 and verse 10. 10b. Speak to us pleasant words. Prophesy illusions. You know, you could take that snippet and you could put it on the church sign of how many churches in this country today? It's the it's the modus operandi of, of a lot of churchianity today. Speaking pleasant words and prophesying illusions. And the people will eat it up. They will they will eat it up. They will they will they'll pay top dollar for that. Get out of the way, it says in verse eleven. Turn aside from the path. Let us hear no more about the Holy One of Israel. So you go from a passive positive volition to a passive negative volition to an active negative volition on a spectrum that just slides in that terrible, terrible direction. That's why if you've noticed you've gone from an active positive volition to a passive positive volition, you're already on that slide. Turn that around. Stop it right there. Reignite your, passive po- your active positive vol- uh, volition. Get back on fire for God and for His Word. Get back on a positive hunger for the Word of God. Because passive positive is just one step away from passive negative, and then you're on the road to active negative after that. All right. So what you listen to, what a person listens to reflects their heart, reflects their heart. There's no question where the heart of this people is because uh, they want to hear the pleasant words, they want to hear the illusions, they want to live in the land of make-believe, Because it's preferable to the truth of what God's telling them there. How about Jeremiah 5? Verses 30 and 31. And uh, this is the fun chapter that starts off. Where the Lord tells Jeremiah, roam to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem and find one. (laughs) Look now and take note. See if in her open squares, if you can find a man. Even one. If there is one who does justice, if there is one who seeks truth, Jerusalem could be rescued. I will spare. I will pardon her. Can you find one? And Jeremiah searches and nope. There is not one. All right, you get down to verse um, 20, we get down to verse 23, they're stubborn. This people has a stubborn and rebellious heart. They have turned aside and departed. So the hard attitude is being reflected now in what they say, what they do, and what they listen to. They do not say in their heart, let us now fear the Lord our God. This is Jeremiah 5, 24. They do not say in their heart, let us now fear the Lord our God who gives rain in a season, both the autumn rain and the spring rain, who keeps for us the appointed weeks of the harvest. God is so faithful year in, year out, in season, out of season. God is so faithful, but they're tired of hearing it. Their heart is not listening. Your iniquities have turned these away and your sins have withheld good from you. So this is where their heart is. So then you get down to verse 29. Shall I not punish these people, (laughs) declares the Lord? On a nation such as this, shall I not avenge myself? What kind of God would not apply discipline to a people like that? Verse 30. An appalling and horrible thing has happened in the land. The prophets prophesy falsely. The priests rule on their own authority. And then look at the rest of verse 31. You would like to see with with prophets and priests like that, the people would rise up and throw it off and say, no, we want to hear the word of God. We want to hear from the Lord. You'd think that they would fire those kind of false teachers. Uh -uh. (laughs) My people love it so. My people love it so. But what will you do at the end of it? So there you have it. The prophets prophesy falsely. The priests rule on their own authority. And my people love it so. So uh, who gets all the numbers? Who gets the attention? Who gets the money? Who gets the flash? Because what a person listens to is a reflection of their heart. The things that they just eat it up and they love it. Micah. Micah. 2.11. All right. Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum. There it is, Micah 2.11. The chapter begins with woe. So again, isn't good news. Woe to those who scheme iniquity, who work out evil on their beds. If you're such an evildoer that you can't wait to wake up and do some more, that you actually spend your, your dreaming hours thinking about inventing new forms of evil for the next day, that's when you know that every thought and the intent of the heart is only on evil continuously as uh, as it was in the days of Noah. Um, so, wicked hearts. And on that day, verse 4, they will take up a taunt against you, a taunt, utter a bitter lamentation. Down to, I'm headed for verse 11. Hmm. Do not speak out, so they speak out if they do not speak out concerning these things, verse 6, do not speak out, so they speak out. But if they do not speak out concerning these things, reproaches will not be turned back. And so you've you got to call evil evil. You've got to preach it when you see it. All right. Um, down to verse 11. If a man walking after wind and falsehood had told lies and said, I will speak out to you concerning wine and liquor. He would be a spokesman to this people, <laughs> you know. That's a winning political campaign right there. Okay, that right there, a man walking after wind and falsehood, you know, just an empty voice promising whatever and really saying nothing, other than platitudes, other than just empty things that sound good. Because what it what, what was that? I don't know what he said, but it sounded great, you know. It's just it's just he's got a he's got a charisma. He's got a Uh, You know, an expression and, oh, I want to listen to this guy. But what did he say? What was the content? Nothing. There was no substance to anything. It just goes away. He told lies and said, I will speak out to you concerning wine and liquor. All right. Sign me up, you know, because it's uh, it's an open bar and someone else is paying for it, you know. Wow. And uh, he would be spokesman to this people. There's a message for you. So, um, bad news for Israel, of course. This is condemning them. I will surely assemble all of you, Jacob. I will surely gather the remnant of Israel. I will put them together like sheep in the fold, like a flock in the midst of its pasture. They will be noisy with men. The breaker goes up before them. They break out, pass through the gate, and go out by it. So their king goes on before them, and the Lord at at their head, in spite of how wicked they are. God still has a faithful promise to take care of them. I like Micah. Micah's got a lot of content. All right, how about 2 Timothy? It's not just Israel. It's not just the Jews in the Old Testament that were obstinate and thick-necked. It's given to the church as well as a warning, 2 Timothy 4. It's a warning because the pattern of a, of a heart that doesn't want to hear the Word of God continues into the church age. What a person listens to is a reflection of what's in their heart. Same thing in the church age. Dispensationalism doesn't change that, <laughs> all right? If, uh, if you're hostile to the Word of God, you're hostile to the Word of God, Old Testament, New Testament, any, any stewardship whatsoever. That's why pastors have to stay faithful. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, by his appearing and by his kingdom. Preach the word. If you're not preaching the word, you're not doing what you were called to do. That's what it's about. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. And there's no no specificity there, too. I think uh, you know, seasons uh the flock, of course, has a season. Individual listeners have their seasons, but but speakers also have seasons. So if you feel like it, if you don't feel like it, if you're in season, if you're out of season, preach the word. Be ready. Rebuke, exhort, reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. And if, if you like the doctrine, if you like the academic teaching, that's okay. It's the last word of the verse. <laughs> okay? Everything else leads to that from the preaching, to the reproving, to the rebuking, to the exhorting, to the patience, with all patience and instruction. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires. And this, uh, obviously, you have to guard against this. this. Each person has to guard against this. Each flock has to guard against this. If, if, uh, if a lampstand is between pastors right now and they've got a pulpit committee, they've got to guard against this, that uh, they've, got to, they've got to be aware that uh, candidating is not a beauty pageant, that it's not a popularity contest, that they shouldn't be evaluating the candidate on the basis of, of what you know, how he tickles their ears. In fact, if there's tickling going on, that's a warning sign. Get rid of that guy. <laughs> Don't bring him back. All right? You're supposed to hear the voice of your shepherd. The shepherd's supposed to know his sheep. And there's procedures that God gives us in John 10 and in 1 Peter 5 and other passages. you got to be careful. And in fact, if he's if he's given a, a tough message that hurts, that uh, but you know it's true from the Word of God, even if it's convicting and, you, and it's not pleasant to listen to, that's probably the guy you need. That's probably the guy that's going to give you the tough messages and and whether you like it or not. So uh, here you have it. And it gets worse, all right? Verse 3 by itself is bad enough. So they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own lust, lust teachers. All right. And will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. They don't want truth because they would rather have the myths. They would rather pretend like in the Old Testament, preach to us the illusions. We Living in the land of make-believe, right? From Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Go to the land of make-believe and, uh, and just kind of live your life in this land of make-believe. How much of our culture is doing just that today? I think a significant segment of our electorate is actually living in the land of make-believe. Turning away their ears from the truth. But you be sober in all things. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. In other words, if uh, your numbers are dropping off and the, the turnout's diminishing, well, go get some more people saved and keep teaching truth. Keep pe- teaching truth. First John, uh, and why do not include it? There's a. Uh, where is it? Is it 1 Timothy 3? 1 Timothy 4? Paying attention to deceitful spirits and the doctrines of demons. There it is. It's one Timothy 4.1. one should also be on this slide, but it's not. Okay. The Spirit explicitly says that in later times, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. Why are you listening to those guys? By means of the hypocrisy of liars. Why are you listening to those guys? You no, because Proverbs 17.4 says that's what they do. <laughs> it says their heart is tuned. That's just, they're geared for that. that. That does something for them, right? It just does something for them. All right. By means of the hypocrisy of liars, seared in their own consciences with a branding iron. Men who forbid marriage and advocate abstaining from foods, which God has created to be gratefully shared in by those who believe and know the truth. Why are you listening to those guys? Well, And not only listening to them, abiding by what they say. Living the the vegan lifestyle or living the whatever. uh, Going celibate and and avoiding marriage and all these things. And and submitting to these outlandish man-made religions because you think, yeah, that looks great. And yet the God of truth says, are you kidding me? I created this so you could enjoy it. Everything created by God is good. Nothing is is to be rejected if it is received with gratitude. All right. From marriage to food to alcohol to whatever else. If God designed it, don't abuse it, but use it, enjoy it. He's given it for us to enjoy. All right, so go ahead and add uh, 1 Timothy 4, um, 1 through 5 there if you want to the slide. All right. And then 1 John 4. 1 John 4, verses 5 and 6. And uh, of course the chapter begins, do not uh, believe every spirit. Test the spirits to see whether they're from God. So when you're choosing who to listen to, you've got to listen to God's message. Because the the alternative is listening to Satan's message, li- listening to this world. Many false prophets have gone out into the world. Alright, so pay attention to who you're listening to and know why you're listening to the ones you're listening to. Verse 5, they are from the world therefore they speak as from the world and the world listens to them. Do you speak world? <laughs> are you fluent in world? Are you fluent in cosmos? I hope not. I mean, we used to speak world before we got saved. When we go carnal, we speak world. But we don't want to speak world and we don't want to listen to world. World is, that's not our language. That's not our our, uh, mindset. It comes down to the the worldview or the mindset. We are from God. Okay? Do you speak God? (laughs) That's what we should be. We should be fluent in God, not fluent in world. In what we're listening to and what we're digesting. We are from God. He who knows God listens to us. He who is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. And it really comes down to that. If you're humble before the word of God, if you're in fellowship, what a blessing that as church age saints that we have the permanent indwelling of God, the Holy Spirit. But even in Old Testament times, if you want to know the truth, you will know the truth. If you want want to be shepherded by the Word of God, you will know the truth. That's what we get again and again and again. Incline your ear to wisdom. Lift up your heart to understanding. If you want to know the truth, the God of truth will feed you and teach you. That's always been the case. Old Testament, New Testament, it doesn't matter the dispensation. But in our dispensation, it's, it's just how much more? How much more because we have our anointing in Christ? How much more because we have the permanent indwelling of God the Holy Spirit? the spirit of truth lives in us. You know, what's what's the better teacher? The one that is outside your house and and teaches or the one that's inside? The one that's with you all the time, the one that lives there in your house. That's what we have with God, the Holy Spirit. The, the, The best Bible teacher in the world is the spirit of truth and he lives inside of each one of us. And so it should be clear. We are without excuse. There's no one, I I believe, there is no one that just accidentally stumbles into false teaching. When When they submit to false teaching, they can be ensnared. But they voluntarily submitted to it because they wanted to listen to that. They wanted to listen to that. I don't believe the spirit of truth ever allows someone who wants to know the truth to be against their will and to be out of their control and to be beyond their capacity to just get caught up in this cult or caught up in this religion or caught up in this false doctrine, that if you honestly want to know the truth, he He's the good shepherd. He takes you to the truth. So who are you listening to? Are you listening to God or listening to the cosmos? And that's what it comes down to. What you listen to is a reflection of what's in your heart. And that's the testimony from Proverbs 17.4. All right, now a couple of sub-points under this. This is why it's so deadly. We understand eye and ear, these are primary entrances to the heart. What you spend your time looking at, what you spend your time listening to. The eye gate and the ear gate. Now all of your senses can, can impact the heart, but none more so than the eye and the ear. Eye and ear are primary entrances to the heart. 1 Corinthians 2.9, what eye has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man. The eye and the ear, they're the primary entrances. The things you see, you can't unsee because you looked at it, you saw it. That image is now in your heart. Okay, and that's true for men and women alike. I think men are more visual, but still it's men and women alike that what you see is, is leaving an impression there in your heart. And, uh, and then what you hear. Now hearing then in a message, in a content, shaping how you think, the eye gate and the ear, and the ear gate are described in this way. All right? And so we've got to be, um, we've be uh, careful not just uh, in terms of studying the Word of God and keeping our eyes fixed where they're supposed to be, fixing our eyes on Jesus, but realizing that the, the damage we do can, can linger beyond. So we, con- we confess our sins, we're restored to fellowship, we're walking in the light again but we still have consequences for what we were looking at, what we were listening to, the damage to our heart that was done in the meantime and just recognize moving forward that we did that as we, uh, as we did. Right, 1 Corinthians two nine, just as it is written again part of this angelic conflict with the rulers of this age God's wisdom in a mystery the hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory the wisdom which none of the rulers of this age had understood we are called to live in the church age the mature age of the angelic conflict in, in capacity that not even Satan himself the fallen angels didn't even understand this if they, uh, if they had understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. They nailed their own defeat when they nailed Him to the cross. Just as it is written, here's an academic study for you because you can't find this in the Old Testament. He's quoting actually a recap of several. He's blending about four or five different contexts from Isaiah, Jeremiah, and other passages. Just as it is written, Paul is giving a comprehensive synthesis of Old Testament doctrine and saying, it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard, which have not entered into the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. So there's a there's a message for you. For to us God revealed through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. So eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, what has entered into the heart of man. Matthew 13, the eye gate and the ear gate. Disciples want to know, why do you speak to them in parables? Because they have eyes, but they don't see... says in verse 13 therefore i speak to them in parables because while seeing they do not see while hearing they do not hear nor do they understand because they have eyes but they're looking at darkness and they're filling their heart with darkness they're not seeing the truth and while having ears they do not understand they're not listening to truth just because you have ears doesn't mean you automatically hear you're commanded to hear he that has an ear let him hear that's right listen to god don't listen to the cosmos So in their case the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled which says you will keep on hearing but will not understand. You will keep on seeing but will not perceive for their heart, the heart of this people has become dull. Why? Because the eye gate and the ear gate have hardened that heart taken in the darkness the way that they have. They have closed their eyes otherwise they would see with their eyes, hear with their ears understand with their heart and return and I would heal them but blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. Truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear. it. So the eye gate and the ear gate, these are critical. And if you don't keep your eyes fixed on the light, then the darkness will fill your soul. It will fill your soul to the point where you can't even see the light. You've, you've, you've been done blinded. Isaiah 6, and of course this is the quote, Uh, That Matthew is dealing with. I don't think there's additional detail we need to glean out of Isaiah 6, maybe. Let's take a look. We have time. Isaiah 6. And he gets to go to heaven, he gets to see these great things, he gets his lips cleansed and then he says, here I am, send me. I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? What an invitation, what a call. Do you want to serve God? Isaiah was like first in line, yep, yep, that's me, I'll go, I'll go. Here I am, send me. Okay, go (laughs) and here's an unpleasant message for you. Do you really want to speak for the Lord? Go and tell this people, keep on listening but do not perceive. Keep on looking but do not understand. Now if Isaiah's not a humble man he's going to stop and say, well I don't want to give him that. (laughs) You know, I said I would go but really? That's not a happy message. Render the hearts of this people insensitive, their ears dull, their eyes dim. So his mission was to go and preach to them so they'd stop listening to the preaching. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and return and be healed. So here's, you know, young man Isaiah being called to ministry. That doesn't sound fun. Well, how long do I got to do that? Well, when do I get to give the happy messages? Verse 11. So I said, Lord, how long? <laughs> and he said, until cities are devastated and without inhabitant, houses are without people and the land is utterly desolate. Well, that doesn't sound fun. When do I give the happy messages? The Lord has removed men far away, and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land. Yet there will be a tenth portion in it. It will again be subject to burning, like a terebinth or an oak, whose stump remains when it is felled. The holy seed is its stump. Wow. Okay. (laughs) So there you have it. Eye and ear gates, primary entrances to the heart. Point B, the eye is the lamp of the body viewing either light or darkness and receiving the consequences. The eye of the lamp is the body viewing either light or darkness and receiving the consequences. The Lord taught this in His Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6. It's the lamp of the body. be careful what you're looking at. Are you looking at the light or are you looking at the darkness? (coughs) (coughs) This follows the uh, laying up treasure in heaven. Admonishment, do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If, if you're not heavenly minded at all, if all you are is earthly minded, well, that's a terrible way to live the Christian way of life. Then you can lose earthly possessions and it's devastating. But if you're heavenly minded, when you lose earthly possessions, it's not devastating because you're heavenly minded. I love it when a hurricane comes through or some other disaster happens or whatever, and then a Christian gets interviewed on the, 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 the television. That's a marvelous testimony opportunity, and it's marvelous when, when they can say things like, we lost everything, but we lost nothing because we have the Lord, right? We have, you know, you can lose everything, and yet you realize what the real priorities are, and I love it when you can hear a testimony like that. All right, so that's the introduction then to the follow-up. The eye is the lamp of the body. So then if your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. It's the lamp of the body. So think of it as 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 what's shining inward, as what's shining into your soul is the eye. So the lamp, clicking on your flashlight, right? Clicking on your flashlight and it's shining that way. Well, think of that with your eyes, But they're not shining outward, they're shining inward. It's affecting your soul. It's affecting everything with what you're looking at. So if your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. And you want to keep it clear. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If you spend your time looking at darkness, then you're you're actually transmitting that darkness through your eyes, through the gate of your soul, And the whole body is full of darkness. If then the light that is in you is darkness. Understand that? The light that is in you becomes darkness. What happened to the light you used to have? What happened to the word of God you used to know? What happened to those Bible verses you learned as you were a kid? But then you spent 30 years looking at darkness. What happened to that light? Okay. Now don't get me wrong. It's still there. And, uh, and the Holy Spirit can still bring it into your remembrance. Light can shine out of darkness. Darkness does not overpower it. But this is the consequence of what happens when your eye goes bad. Your whole body is full of darkness. If then the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? When you have proceeded in the realms of darkness so long that you can't remember the light you, you used to know, you're in, a, you're in a bad spot. I mean, that's what this is describing. Okay? And other than the grace of God that can rescue you out of that, uh, if left to yourself, you won't be rescued from that. All right. And no one can serve two masters. Don't think you can play games with it and, and, you know, do a little of this and a little of that. Don't think you can sit on the fence and have a little light and a little darkness. Not how it works. You Either love the one or hate the other. You will be devoted to one or despise the other. That's the consequences there. All right, well good. That gets us through this. Do I have one more? I do. The ear. The ear must be made attentive to listen to the wisdom of God. The ear must be made attentive to listen to the wisdom of God. So not only do you choose what your eye is looking at, You also have to constantly discipline your ears. Tune up your ears. Incline your ears. Train your ears. You know, If you think about it, there's earthly applications for this too. We've got illustrations where some people have a trained ear. And with a trained ear, maybe a trained ear for music, they've got a trained ear. And so they can appreciate the intricacies of of an orchestra. They can appreciate the the beauty of, of, of different pieces of music because their ear has been trained in that. Whereas others that are like me, oblivious to, oh, that sounds nice, you know, but I don't have the capacity to fully, without the training, I don't have the capacity to fully appreciate the, the, the things going on, the intricacies and the beauty and the, the musicality of what I'm listening to without the trained ear. And, and same thing with, with Bible doctrine. Do you have a trained ear to take in the whole counsel of the Word of God to understand the the layers, to understand the, the, the multiplied applications, to understand where it fits in the overall plan and program of God from Alpha to Omega? Do you have a trained ear to truth? See? And I'm not saying it's some kind of a mystical thing or a Gnostic awareness of special knowledge that other people aren't entitled to. Everybody can have it. They just got to train their ear to listen to it. Discipline your ear to listen to it. So let's get these real quickly and then we'll dismiss Proverbs 2.2. My son, if you will receive my words and treasure my commandments within you, make your ear attentive to wisdom. Incline your heart to understanding. You've got to make it attentive. You've got to be eager. You can't wait for the next church day. You can't wait for the next Bible class. As opposed to just, eh. Is there a ball game on? You know, eh. If there's nothing better to do, okay, I guess I'll go listen to something. But, you know, I hope he doesn't ramble too long. I've got things to do. Is your ear attentive? Is your heart inclined? Or is it inclined away? Isaiah 55, verses 2 and 3. We spoke about this in our. Uh, in the men's session at 9 o'clock. Ho, oh, everyone who is thirst, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Well, how do you buy if you don't have money? Because somebody else paid the price. Without money, without cost. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? This is a marvelous Old Testament gospel passage. Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in abundance incline your ear and come to me listen that you may live listen that you may live for any born again believer if you're not listening to the word of god you're not really living jesus came that we would have life that we would have it in abundance zechariah 7 verse 11 and verse 12 zechariah went to 7:11 The word of the Lord came to Zechariah saying, "Thus has the Lord of hosts said, Dispense true justice and practice kindness and compassion each to his brother. And do not oppress the widow or the orphan, the stranger or the poor. Do not devise evil in your hearts against one another. But they refused to pay attention and turned a stubborn shoulder and stopped their ears from listening. They made their hearts like flint so they could not hear the law In the words which the Lord of hosts had sent by His Spirit through the former prophets. Therefore, great wrath came from the Lord of hosts." There's consequences to shutting your ears up. There's consequences to just sticking your fingers in there and saying, la, 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 I can't hear you, I can't hear you, and ignoring the Word of God. Look what He does. "...just as He called and they would not listen, so they called and I would not listen," says the Lord of hosts. "...when He gives them over for judgment," They might get all repentant real quick. They might all get desperate, start praying, start praying, start praying. And God's like, la, 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 I can't hear you. Okay? Divine discipline consequences for rejection of the Word of God. But I scattered them with a storm wind among the nations to whom they have not known. Thus the land is desolated behind them so that no one went back and forth, for they made the pleasant land desolate. They did that by not listening to the Word of God. All right, so the ear must be made attentive to listen to the wisdom of God. There are consequences if you don't. Receiving the consequences of what you see and what you listen to. Father, I do thank you for this morning. I thank you for truth. I thank you for opening our eyes, for opening our ears. I ask, Father, that we become more diligent, that we become more hungry, that we take in the Word of God more and more than than we ever have. I thank you that we have resources available, not only in the 200-plus times that we teach here every year, but beyond that, Father, in the, in the wealth of material, the, the MP3s on the website, the Grace Notes material, we could be in the Word every single day. We should be in the Word every single day. And I pray that uh, these passages would become convicting for our application. I thank you in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.